Hey Logo Geeks, it's Ian Padgett here and I'm back with another podcast that's created to help you make a living designing logos. On this week's episode, I'm going to be joined by Scotty Russell to discuss creating and selling NFTs. But before doing that, I want to encourage you to take part in a mood board design challenge from Adobe called The Perfect Match. To enter this, grab a brief from theperfectmatch.co forward slash play. And then what you need to do is create your mood board using Adobe stock assets. Every entry submitted will receive a free gift. And at the time of recording, uh, that's a $50 Starbucks voucher if you're in the US or Canada, or a $50 Amazon gift card for the rest of the world. So by simply creating a mood board design, you will get a prize from Adobe. But the very best designers will be invited to take part in a monthly live streaming game show with other talented designers where you could go home with $1,000. So to learn more about this and to enter, visit theperfectmatch.co forward slash play. I'm really keen for Logo Geek podcast listeners to get involved in this. So I have an extra offer for you on top of this. So if you enter within the next few weeks, let me know by pinging me an email or sending me a message on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or whatever. And what I'll do is I'll put your name into a hat. And then at the end of June 2022, what I'll do is I'll pick out three winners who will each go home with a year-long subscription to Adobe CC worth $660. Now, this offer of the Adobe CC is exclusively for listeners of the Logo Geek podcast. So I really hope that will encourage you to take part in this. So again, to learn more about this and to enter, visit theperfectmatch.co forward slash play and be sure to let me know that you've entered so that I could put your name into a hat. So a few weeks back I did an interview with a guy called Tony Pierce where we discussed NFTs and that was intended to be a bit of an introduction into this topic Uh, but as a follow-up I wanted to do an episode on creating marketing and selling NFTs too. But who would be a good person to discuss this with? Well, a a high volume of guests that come on this podcast have either been friends of mine already or have become friends. So I tend to have them on social media in some way. And this prior guest that's joining me today has been creating artwork and successfully selling that as NFTs. And He's got so into this that he's decided to go all in on NFTs and become known as an NFT artist. So what better person to ask than this person? And that is Scotty Russell. Scotty has been on the podcast once before, which was episode 58. So if you're interested, go back and listen to that. And uh, in that episode, we spoke about starting a side hustle. And at that time, it was right at the beginning of his 
new journey. He'd just been made redundant there and then pretty much. And he'd been forced to work for himself full time. Uh, So in this episode, what we do is we're going to find out what he did after that. And we're also going to be talking about creating, marketing and selling NFTs. We both get pretty excited about this, so I hope you all enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Uh, So let's get straight into this. Here is the interview with Scotty Russell. The uh, last time that we spoke, at that point, you'd basically been fired and you'd finally taken that leap to full-time freelance and so that's where you were and I've got some idea of where you are now but I think you know for listeners what's life been like since then so what are you doing now (laughs) let's catch up so fired ah that one stings (laughs) let's just say my entire marketing department was let go out of nowhere in November 2019 after I was assured a safe uh I was assured that my job was safe. I got a big boy raised to 61K, senior UI, UX designer, made my own position. Um, Just found out we were having our second kiddo, closed on a new mortgage that doubled our mortgage, closed on a new house that doubled our mortgage. And then a week later, they eliminated our entire department going into the holidays. Um, So that's where I took the full-time leap into coaching. The thing is, at the time, I would have felt sorry for you, but I'd seen what you'd been doing best thing that ever happened to me exactly and it was it felt like at that time that you was hanging on to that stability but actually you was holding yourself back I think so I would would agree (laughs) like I I needed that safety net we were you know especially with the second kiddo new house and we were like paying off massive amounts of debt we knocked out like over 100k in a year and a half. Like I got really, really serious about getting ourselves out of a hole. And it's because I got out of debt, I was able to create this runway to go full time and just see where coaching could take me. So yeah, in January, 2020, I went all in on being the creative side hustle coach. And despite a pandemic, despite having a second kiddo, I was able to double my previous day job salary in my first year. But looking back and connecting the dots, while how dope that sounds, there was a lot of negative things like I stopped creating basically and drawing for me during that time so there was like damage I was doing behind the scenes with all that pressure to succeed within my business and it really started to compound over like the last two years so yeah I've been full-time coaching since 2020 and awesome yeah I'm glad that you're doing really well and like I like I said I think I said it back at that time it was almost like the best thing that could have happened to you really because you'd been um hustling on the side for a long time almost a decade yeah yeah and you built quite the brand for yourself and um yeah I, I think you was very lucky that you had that especially since you you know you just had a kid you doubled your mortgage you would have been screwed if you didn't have that safety net <laughs> uh, yeah I had like two weeks of just pure anxiety and fear of like oh my gosh do I go get another safe day job I built a new portfolio because I hated all my corporate work and I had a good buddy Peter Del Tondo tell me my my UI UX work wasn't even that good <laughs> and I was Ouch. like okay okay like, <laughs> I, I'll take that and he was like but your illustration and branding you know, that's where your secret sauce is. So 
So I built this whole portfolio of ghost brands that I was going to use to attract agency work. And yeah, it just didn't go that route. And I could have done full-time freelance, but I hadn't been taking freelance on in like two years because I didn't like it. So coaching just made the most sense. And I'm glad I got let go of that job before the holidays versus like getting let go during pandemic. So it worked yeah. out really, really, really well because they yeah. did massive cuts, you know, later on um, during COVID. So I was, I was, I was very grateful how it all panned out. Sure, sure. And something I want to ask you about, and and I think we can probably make it the main topic of this conversation. So we're connected on social and I keep an eye on what you're doing. And something that I've noticed that you started doing over the last few months, and, and I know it's something that you've been interested in for a while, is NFTs. Mm-hmm. And I, I've I've already done an episode on NFTs, but that was more from it was more about what they are really. But NFT one on one education. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I haven't really gone into the direction of creating a, an NFT, and I think you would be a great person to speak to. But I think prior to going in, into that, what's the deal with this? So, are, are you planning to pivot into being an NFT graphic designer? Do you, want to, do you want to share what's happening uh, with yeah, that? Yeah, I got to provide some context just to like make it <laughs> seem like, oh yeah, I just got an NFTs one day. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> one, I got really heavy into crypto in 2017. I used to think it was all a scam, Ponzi, until I didn't. And I really started to understand like the importance of it and the hedge against certain things that our world leaders and government are doing a bad job around. Plus just alternative ways for financial freedom. Over Above all, anything else, I'm just trying to tap into freedom of time and financial freedom, whether it's through my side hustle, my investing, whatever. And then over the years, um, because I was coaching heavily and putting all my time and focus here, trying not to lose my business and fail myself and my family, um, I really put drawing on the back burner. Drawing for me felt selfish. I didn't like doing freelance. I didn't like drawing for anyone else. So I just really hadn't been drawing over the last couple of years. And it really took a toll on me. Um, especially last, I would say September or like late July through early October of 2021. I got really burnt out. I wasn't doing a lot of fun things. That's why I took a break from my podcast just because something was missing. It was drawing. So I started drawing for me again, last October, 2021 and, and not forcing it to be anything. And then I started seeing my friends really getting involved with NFTs as artists, like, uh, Muscaton and my buddy Eric Friedenson of FDOT, and they were on Ethereum. And so I dabbled, but I was like, man, this just feels so gated. And I don't really like the energy consumption. I've always heard it was bad for the planet, this or that. So this probably isn't a good fit for me. And it just, I don't even know where to start. But then late October or mid October, I saw my buddy Justin Mazel, very popular Web2 graphic designer, web developer, coder, really known in like our conference scene of like Creative South and other places. And I saw him drop the project called Grim Syndicate, really great illustration work. And it was done on Solana. And Solana is uh, L1, layer one blockchain competitor to Ethereum. You know, to me, it's like a great hedge against Ethereum from my investing standpoint. And I got into Solana last August and I started doing more research. I was like, wow, there's a potential for the NFT scene. And um, at the time, it was like less energy to mint an NFT, took less energy than like one or two Google searches. I was like, whoa compared to Ethereum, which was really congested, hogging a lot of energy, you know, and having that destroying the planet um, perception to it. Mm -hmm. So I went 
heavy into this scene and just learning and researching. And then I started minting my artwork on, I did my first piece of art. It was like, don't forget to play before you work your life away. And it was a podcast episode as I just shared all the stuff I was overcoming, you know, getting myself in a hole, realizing like I love coaching, but I just kept putting off the thing that filled my soul the most with most purpose. And that was drawing. And so it was like a, a um, an episode about me tapping back into my creative roots and my creative identity. And that was like the first thing I minted for like 0.5 Solana, which was like 240 bucks at the times. You know, now it's down to like $40 as we record today. So we've had a market correction, but that really like sent me off. And a student of mine, Greg Martin from UK, purchased my first NFT. And then I've just been heavy in the space. And now I would say as my side hustle, again, I'm a side hustlers coach who does my thing full time, but I also have my side hustle of web three art, creating, collecting and education. And now I've just been going all in, in my side hustle hours, learning about the space, learning about the technology, learning about the pros, the cons, and then just pouring everything back into the ecosystem. I would say I'm a, I'm a big time collector in the space too. Not like a whale, but you know, I collect a lot of artists as well because I knew how much that meant to me when people collected my first pieces. So I've slowly just like scaled my name. On um, the final thing I'll say, why I'm not doing my Side Hustlers Perspective podcast, I'm on a break right now, but I have been doing weekly Solana NFT Twitter spaces, interviewing the biggest collectors, the biggest creators, and the busy, uh, biggest projects within the ecosystem. I'm having more fun than ever with the co-host. And it's somebody who I met in the ecosystem who approached me from a project of Grim Syndicate. So it's just funny how like I push pause one area and another opportunity came. Now I'm, I'm rambling now. So let me pass it back to you. That's, <laughs> that was the long context. No, that was fantastic. And you know what I'm really happy to hear is that you're drawing a game because oh, you man, every are... day, like 15, 30 minutes is a non-negotiable minimum <laughs> for me right now. After I you're years, so talented. You but are I told so myself talented. for two years, I don't have the time <laughs> to draw. It's selfish. And so anybody out there, what really I just made, I wasn't making a priority. And so anybody out there that says they're too busy to do what they want, just substitute and flip the, the biggest takeaway you can walk away with. When you say you're too busy for something, it's important to you. What you're really saying is what's important to you isn't a priority. And now drawing mm -hmm. is a priority and everything else has improved in my life because mm -hmm. I draw. Mm -hmm. I know that's something that we could talk about as well, but let's keep this on topic. So yeah. I know that you said a lot of things that people listening might not understand. And thankfully I do because like you, I'm a collector of NFTs and I've minted a couple as well myself. So I've, I've got a good understanding of it, but you mentioned things like Ethereum. And I think for context, that's like a cryptocurrency, a type of cryptocurrency. And you also mentioned Solana and that is another type of uh, cryptocurrency. And I, I know that. Um, and, and I would say right there, the word cryptocurrency is probably a poor word for people who don't fully understand it. Like just lay, I would say crypto assets or crypto projects for people because something like Bitcoin is technically a currency, but something like Ethereum and Solana for people think of like iOS is your iPhone and you have an app store. Think of like Ethereum or Solana as the iOS and you can build apps on top of it. You can build mm -hmm. on it. It's not necessarily a currency to go buy Starbucks with. Yeah, so I exactly. think that would be helpful and, for people and to know. Bitcoin as a crypto asset, it doesn't do anything other than hold a value. Mm -hmm. But Ethereum and and other 
uh, cryptocurrencies like Solana, they have a lot more functionality. You can add smart contracts to it and all sorts of stuff. Like new decentralized banking called DeFi, gaming, the new world of gaming will be coming where it's like play to earn, as well as the world of NFTs are popping off, metaverses. Like this is the stuff that's being built on Solana yeah. and Ethereum. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I think the way that you said that, you implied like that was in the future tense. But for people that's listening that may not be following this space, this is all happening now. Mm-hmm. And this is the future, I believe, of everything. And it's, 100%. it's one of those topics that I've been a little bit reluctant to talk about too much on this podcast because the the primary focus is logo design but i think it's really important that graphic designers start to understand it if they don't already it sounds scary and there's a lot of stuff that you need to look into and there is the element of it being a little bit of a wild west out there which it is Um, but i think it's good to to start exploring and to start understanding it so let's go into some of this um creator stuff creation stuff because uh, I think there there might be people listening that might think, okay, I want to create an NFT, but I don't even know where to start. So in terms of the artwork itself, and I, I've done a, an episode previously about NFTs and we spoke about the the potential of what you can do with an NFT, but in the context of this conversation, we are going to focus primarily on the image side of it. And mm-hmm. then maybe we can talk a little bit more about other stuff later on. But in terms of creating a, an image-based NFT, um, the actual artwork itself, do you need to do it any differently to how you would normally? So if you wanted to do a drawing and you wanted to turn it into an NFT, is there any f- specific things that you need to do? To me, in the beginning, oh man, I, I had to first preface this first. Because I have a lot of people hit me up or like, hey, I see you're making your work as NFTs. You know, I just I want to do it too. I heard there's a great opportunity. It's easy cash grab. Like one, people can smell that from a mile away. It's truly about diving into the culture mm-hmm. and the community aspect, understanding what chain you're going to build on Ethereum, Tezos, or Solana, which is what I prefer. Um building community, seeing how people operate, seeing how people connect with each other versus just coming in thinking you're just going to get sales. That is not a good way to do it. I'm just going to mint every piece of my work and come in there with sales. So to me, it's more of a mindset and intention of like, hey, I want to commit to this Web3 space because I know it's a great hedge of what I'm doing in Web2. And I know a lot of creatives who are gaining more traction more quickly in this space by doing it the right intentional way and focusing on people over profit. And then they ever gained in like the endless pursuit of chasing an algorithm on like Instagram and Web2. So I definitely have to say that first. And then the second, I think in the beginning for an artist it start off small like pick some of your best work or create best work or create an intentional series and just mint it and list it for like buy now and have it higher you know so um you can give someone like a print of it as well so i usually rock around like 3000 by 3000 pixels if i'm doing a square format and 300 dpi that way i know it can turn into like a 10 by 10 print inches wise to me, it's like, yeah, there are a lot of people, it's wild in this world, that strictly don't even want physical, tangible pieces of art. They literally just have their own digital galleries that they flex or their PFP, their profile picture of artwork. People just like digital flexing, social status, social proof in something. Like I own a very piece of, or expensive piece of art. So 
think about how it could turn into something like a print or a canvas, but just know a lot of people just like to collect in their digital galleries. Yeah, I totally understand that. And I think that's, that's good to understand. So basically, um, that's, that's your approach. And I've seen many different ways of this being done. Um, but that makes a lot of sense to consider that you can sell, um, you know, an NFT, but then you could also send them a, a print, which is like a nice incentive for or you can sell someone. the print in your own shop because that person who owns the NFT doesn't own um, full art copyright unless you specifically say they do. Right. I, I Yeah. That that's a really good way of doing it, actually, because that means that you make more money from that piece. Exactly, how you can overlap both your Web three NFT sales with whatever you do in your shop as well, and repurpose it, and then you could even like go on and license that piece potentially for licensing on a product or a package for a client. Yeah. So there's a lot of different things you can do. It's one of those things. I um, as a, an investor of NFTs, it seems strange to buy something outright that you don't actually own but uh, but likewise i i am an investor of nfts i i do purchase them and um mainly they are doctor who cards which is something that i spoke about on the last uh, uh podcast because I, I like them i think they're cool um but in that particular case if 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 you was to buy the nft of that and it was a one of one and then you were to sell that original print to me the NFT is more valuable if the the more prints that you sell because it's almost like I own the exactly. the actual the actual thing. You're the you just own a print. verified digital yes. ownership of <laughs> the digital version. But you could I, I eventually see like the evolution of smart contracts, kind of like similarly how we can write our own contracts, terms and agreements with working with clients or licensors, mm-hmm. you know, vendors and stuff like that. Like I believe it's going to be so easy for us to like own our own smart contracts where we could be like, Hey, this is the buyout for this person or here's the rules and, you know, amendments of what you can and can't do with this NFT. So yeah, just, and it's so early right now. Oh yeah. Lots of questions, lots of gray area, wild, wild west. But (laughs) to me, it's like, I want to be in early to understand. Yeah. And, and things are changing all the time. Like I've seen NFTs go from being, static images to collections to uh fully contained software i don't know if you've seen the dungeons the games they are really cool like literally it is like um a game boy game in an nft and it's It's, like that's that's really cool (laughs) just like in play to earn in the gaming world and i just purchased my first um music nft that also had like the artwork by one of my favorite artists so not only did i collect one of 12 editions of someone's like uh, tracks on their album as an NFT of someone that I feel is going to blow up. But also the artwork is from a friend that they collab with. So now I own a piece of art within that NFT from someone I'm a huge believer in as a collector as well. <laughs> I was like, what is life right now? It's nuts. This is really cool. Have you seen what Gala Games are doing? They have yep, Gala, Gala music. Games. Um, it, check them <laughs> out. And, and if you haven't heard of them, Gala Games, G-A-L-A is their ticker. And then also something you might like in terms of like a platform streaming that can challenge Steam. The Steam of crypto is Ultra, a U-O-S token. Them and Gala, I feel like, are very good pairs to look into. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've got a friend that owns, and I'm going a little bit off topic, but I'll go back on topic shortly. A friend of mine (laughs) bought a Gala node uh, around a year ago. 
And it was a few thousand pounds there. And he's nearly a millionaire now. Yeah. Literally from that node purely. High risk, but man, the innovation and disruption. I go for innovation and disruption. That's that's where I put my money right now. I, I, I'm young enough. I can afford to gamble and take big risks. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I think that's something that's important to bring up with this is that within the crypto space, it is very high risk. So if you are planning to invest and in, I mean, we're talking about creation now, but if you are planning to buy someone else's art, don't use money that you need because it is very volatile. It's not Thanks. like putting it in some kind of savings account or some kind of An very secure fund. investment. It could just become only nothing. invest what you're willing to use is where we're going here like exactly. i not financial advice but i feel like i'm i'm smart and i only use money out of profit i put some profit into smart tax vehicles like tesla or index funds and then i have other money that i go to play in like bitcoin solana yeah. or nfts yeah exactly exactly okay so going back to the uh creator so you've created that piece of artwork mm -hmm. how do you then turn that into an nft Okay, so for me, I'm going to speak solely towards Solana. There's a lot of similar processes um, on Ethereum, but a lot of these marketplaces, like for me, um, I am a big believer in exchange art during this season. They literally tailor everything towards one-of-one -one creators. And so you would upload it and you would mint it. You would mint it to the blockchain, which would then put it in your digital wallet. So now you have this NFT in your wallet. And then the next step from here, if you wanted to sell it as an NFT, you would then list it to that exchange within your series or collection. So you mint it first to the blockchain and then you would list it and you could make it a buy now. You could entertain order or uh, offers from people by not like putting up a price or anything, or you could auction it. Those are kind of like the three things that you can do right now. Um, and buy now can just be buy the one-on-one. -on -one, or if you're a really popular artist, like within Solana, and your work is going for high price ranges and you want to make it um, more realistic for more people to get exposure to what you're doing, you could um, do buy now of the one-on-one -on -one, or you could do like additions. Like I just purchased a Maxwell Adams edition of like 12 pieces. He made 12 editions of one of his really popular pieces um that was part of his series that's been blowing up and i was able to get one of 12. very nice okay so i i think we need to go into some of this in a little bit more detail again so i've never used was exchange art you said exchange art yeah there's sure. a couple on solana exchange art form function and then holoplex would be the other one sure this season sure so i'm not familiar with that marketplace I've used OpenSea and I have gone down the ETH route, but this this was a while back. Oh, and Solana uh, has OpenSea integration now too, so that's been. Oh, really? Big. Yep, oh, okay, yep, yep. nice. That happened nice. within okay. the last couple of months, so that's been very big too. Okay, so that is basically a website where people can buy and sell artwork, essentially in a simplified form. Think of it like an Etsy, but for NFTs. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned about having a wallet. Am I understanding right that Exchange Art connects to other wallets? Is that right? Yes, sir. So like imagine in the Ethereum chain side, you would connect your MetaMask to OpenSea. A MetaMask is your uh, digital Web3 wallets, whether it's browser-based or a mobile app on your phone. To that, um, 
the main competitor on Solana's version would be Phantom Wallet. There's a couple other wallets as well, but consider Phantom Wallet the same as MetaMask, which you can connect your Phantom digital wallet to um, OpenSea, Exchange, Form Function, all of these different places. So that's sure, how I would parallel. Sure, sure. So I'm I'm going to talk through my experience and and you can uh, correct me if it's it's the same sure. or, or not on that. So when I've used OpenSea, you need, first of all, if you want to sell on there, you need a wallet, which in this case, I, I use MetaMask. And you will need some form of currency. So I assume if, you, if you're going to sell on Exchange Art, you need to use Solana currency to actually mm -hmm. be able to sell. Is that correct? Yep, yep. Solana would be its native currency within its system, just like uh, in its ecosystem, just like Ethereum would be its currency within the ecosystem. As long as people know, like the currency used in this term is like the gas to move things around within an ecosystem versus like, hey, I'm using this to buy McDonald's. Sure, so as as sure. That. Sure. I, th I think this is the thing. I want to make sure that people listening that don't understand what this is understand it. So, OpenSea is one place where you can sell art. Um, Exchange Art is another one. They're like uh, different websites where you can basically trade and sell yep. uh, art in some way. So if you want to sell on there, you need a wallet. So MetaMask is one. And then you need to add some currency to that. So if you're selling on OpenSea, it would be something like Ethereum. And they also have Matic, which would be yes. Polygon. Yep. Polygon. And also, if you're going on Exchange Art, you will need Solana. Correct. Uh, one of the big issues with Ethereum is uh, gas fees. So when you make a transaction on the blockchain, there is a fee that you need to pay called gas. And that gas goes to the miners. So there are people that own computers that sustain the blockchain. And as like an incentive for them to maintain it, they receive some percentage of like like a fee that you pay so that's called gas and um on ethereum it's really high like like if you was to buy an nft on ethereum at the moment it's about 50 dollars just in gas <laughs> so you pay the art fee plus the gas on top of it so it's extremely expensive there's been some times where it's like hey i'm gonna make my artwork really affordable on ethereum like 50 bucks but the network is so congested right now that it will cost like $400 to mint it and like $400 <laughs> for someone to buy it. Yeah, I, I remember when the Bored Apes came out, there yeah. were people so hungry to get them. They paid extremely expensive gas. It was like thousands. It fluctuates based on the demand of the network. And mm -hmm. because everybody wanted those, there were some people that were paying ridiculous gas just to get one. And obviously with the way that things have gone with Board 8 Yacht Club, those people, they, they, yeah, they're probably loaded now if they did that and they've kept those uh, NFTs. <laughs> and, and, and that's what's hard is most people only know of Ethereum. That's the only thing covered in the headlines until recently, which uh, Solana recently with Magic Eden, OpenSea's biggest competitor in a sense on our chain, our chain, on Solana's chain, um, actually did more volume than OpenSea with Ethereum recently. Mm -hmm. So that's wild to know like, wow, Solana NFTs are really blowing up right now. But it was really hard to gain traction on Ethereum. It's not 
it's it's expensive. It's expensive. Yeah, I think that's why all these other things are succeeding because it feels like years ago, but like six months ago, everything was on Ethereum. Mm -hmm. So anytime there was some kind of um, drop and you wanted to mint an NFT, it was on Ethereum. So when I when I first started looking at NFTs. Gas was relatively cheap on Ethereum. It was like $15 at one point. Mm -hmm. So it was, you know, if you're buying something that's like $100 and you pay $15, it's fine. But now it's just ridiculous. Just to, uh, like, say if you just want to send an NFT from someone to someone else, you have to pay that gas. And it's just ridiculous. And I think because... Or just moving Ethereum from a wallet to a different (laughs) wallet. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So that's the reason why, I believe anyway, there's um, currencies like Solana that are succeeding because I don't don't know what the fees are. Maybe you can explain, but... um, As of uh, 6th of June 2022, when we're recording this now, what is the gas fee on Solana? This is why I went to Solana, because it allowed me an easier onboarding to experiment. And because it's proof of stake, there are no miners. It's proof of work, uh, or it's proof of stake versus proof of work, like Bitcoin and Ethereum currently. Um, The gas fees is like fractions of a penny. To mint something, fractions of the penny, and uses like as much energy as a one or two Google searches. Mm-hmm. So far less carbon footprint. It's carbon neutral. It's a green blockchain, and literally for me to mint an entity costs me fractions of a penny. For me to list it costs me fractions of a penny. For me to purchase an entity costs fractions of a, a penny. For me to transfer between wallets fractions of a penny. The only downside of that during the season that they're working on behind the scenes with the tech is that it opens it up more for bots. So there's Mm -hmm. been some issues with bots on um, Solana, but it's also a beta project. It's only in beta form and it already has huge adoption. So imagine everything Solana is right now is what Ethereum 2.0 is trying to become, Mm -hmm. which is nuts. And it's only a beta. So I'm long-term bullish. It has its own issues with it because we're still so early in everything. But yeah, it's low fees and it gives everybody a chance to like, really figure things out. But I wouldn't yeah. just tell everybody just mint everything because there's a quality aspect too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so like I said, so if you wanted to sell on there, you go to Exchange Art, you need to have your MetaMask wallet already set up and you in with Exchange Art, you need to have Solana on within your wallet. You could probably just have as, as much as like $1, which would probably yeah. keep you going. You could have like 0.1 Solana, <laughs> 0.1 Solana right now. And Solana is like 40 bucks. You know, that's, I, I'm not going to do the math for you, but that's not very much. Yeah, it's you know? not very much. So you don't like need point too zero much zero in zero there. Seven, you can like move things around. Fantastic. Okay. So, um, and like I said, uh, or like you said, sorry, you've then gone on there, you created an, an account, you set up a, a collection, which I assume has a gas fee. And then if it's anything like OpenSea, once you created that collection and you set up the smart contract for that collection, that that's what the gas fee is for. Mm-hmm. Can you mint as many NFTs as you want within that collection for free? Not for free. Every time you mint something, right. it would cost fractions of a penny. Right, okay. So it's a very very small amount of money so in theory if you was to add one dollar or solana create an nft sell it for twenty dollars for the sake of it very high profit um, then yeah and then and then you can just use that money ongoing to 
to build your collection and hopefully fingers crossed it's it also acts as an investment because that exactly uh, the the value of that currency could increase exactly and oh my gosh okay i this is where <laughs> i am in love with artists leveraging their work in web3 through nfts so the beauty of this is not only you know you get money back you know say you let's for easy sake here's 10 solana i just earned on my latest auction i can take 30 percent of it cash it out to usdc which is a stable coin just think of like i cash out 30 percent 30, 35%, depending on your tax district, move that over to the side for the tax man. And you can do things like stake it or yield on it, but we won't get there. Then think about you kept the other percentage, half of that percent into Solana to pour back into the ecosystem. The other percentage you just kept in Solana as an investment. So not only are you earning money, you can cash out to your fiat currency, US dollar or British pound, whatever, um, stash some for taxes, and then you can also stash some aside as like a crypto investment. Like basically think of like you're investing in a stock like Tesla or something, but instead you're investing in a crypto that if you invest in the right one with a lot of utility and adoption and investors around it will go up over time. And so, yeah, you're building wealth. Could also go down, but I think it can go down. Today, true. I think here today, a lot of the well-known ones and I think Solana, falls into that it should go up it's, it's very likely to, to go up <laughs> and i and i work in with crypto depending anything with bitcoin bitcoin's 10 20 30 year investment for me i just hold it i don't sell it i just keep it but something like ethereum and solana that's like one three five ten years investments for me that i monitor so right now i feel solana will go up it went up from like i originally got in around 20 dollars. it got up as high as 280 during the peak of a mole market but now we're in a cycle correction you know it's we're in a cycle right now we've never had an nft cycle within a bear market but to me i'm just bullish long term based mm -hmm. on adoption and the community the community and the culture that's what it sold me it feels right now i feel like i'm playing the early instagram days when instagram was a lot of fun yeah like twitter is the new or twitter is like the old instagram for me yeah very much so i totally agree okay so going back to this creation of the nft so you've put your nft on the website on OpenSea. when you are putting that on there you can choose a percentage that you retain mm -hmm. and i think it gives you options of like 10 percent, 5 percent, or whatever but with OpenSea, and i assume that this is the same for exchange art you can retain a percentage of that piece of artwork and what that means is for every single sale of that nft once somebody else has bought it every time they sell it again you will receive yes 10 percent of that money so if you was to hypothetically sell your artwork relatively cheap and then 10 years down the, the line, someone sell it for a million dollars, you get 10% of a million dollars. Mailbox. And money. if they then sell that for 10 million, you get 10% of that. If they then sell that for 100 million, you get 10% of that. Like literally forever, you retain a percentage of the artwork. And I think this is the most powerful thing really that's the second thing we were getting into of why nfts for artists is the best not only are you earning an investment asset but the mm -hmm. second part that we're getting here too is the best is that yeah you have ongoing automatic royalties with no third party you're waiting to pay you out connect you to whatever it is it's just automatically via that smart contract 
I list this for 10 Solana and then it gets sold on secondary for 20 Solana. I get 10% royalty. Exchange art gets like 2%. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it keeps going up on secondary sales. Like I see artists who sold their first piece for like 10 Solana and now they're blowing up. Then it was like 200 Solana. And then that original piece sold for like 500 on secondary Solana. So that person is making like passive mailbox money income like Mm -hmm. crazy right Mm -hmm. now. It's Mm -hmm. nuts. Mm-hmm. I know I've uh, when I've looked into thinking of creating like my own collection I've considered just giving it all away for free because then you can build uh, a community around your collection and let the community build it because you will receive like if 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 you're giving it to someone for free and they sell it that's great for them but then you get that 10 percent. and if you are continually building the community around this collection and it gets to a point where uh it becomes incredibly like lucrative to own one of these things then it's you're you're retaining 10 percent of everything which is uh pretty incredible really you know it's this type of thing has never been possible for artists previously and i think it's one of the reasons why so many artists and graphic designers are so excited about this this potential uh, opportunity absolutely and i see it thriving with illustrators animators um photography is starting to like really really gain some traction um especially on solana right now like i've actually been investing in photographers music musician nfts right now it's nuts to see how quickly this space is like rapidly changing since I got introduced to it in October, 2021. It's oh yeah. I mean, that, that, I was like thinking back to October, that's a long time ago in the NFT space yeah, because like, this is a rapidly changing one space. One month is like one year in the NFT crypto space. Just before moving on to the second half of this interview, I want to once again, give a shout out to the perfect match who have kindly sponsored this episode. As a designer, we're frequently designing mood boards, but how good are you at communicating the intended message? Well, now you can find out. I want you to design a mood board using Adobe Stock Assets and to submit it to the perfect match. Every entry will receive a $50 gift voucher, but you'll also be entered for the chance to be featured on Adobe's monthly live streaming game show where you could win $1,000. On top of this, if you do enter, let me know before the end of June 2022. And what I will do is put your name into a hat for the chance to win one of three Adobe CC annual subscriptions. And this is an offer exclusively for listeners of this podcast. To learn more about that and to enter, head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash play. And if you do enter that, like I said, make sure you let me know and I'll put your name into a hat to win one of three Adobe CC annual subscriptions. So anyway, now let's get back to that interview. Okay, so another area that I think we need to talk about, if you was to create an NFT, put it on uh, Exchange Art, it's not just going to sell itself. It's the same yeah. with anything else. I think the reason why you've been successful is because you've built a reputation over the years. You built a community um, and people know you. People know, like, and trust you. So when you created your first NFT, 
it was probably a graphic designer that bought that first piece. It was it was a student, yeah, a student who supported me. Yeah, someone that's been following you, someone that admires you, and they wanted your first uh, NFT, which I, I can appreciate the uh, value of that. But but my point is, if you just create something and put it on there, it's not going to suddenly make you millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. It might not even make you one dollar. You could even lose money because you've uh, you paid gas to put it on there. If nobody's interested, they're, they're not going to buy it. And that's very much the same with real life assets as um, online assets as well. So do you have any advice in terms of like marketing and promoting your NFT once you've actually created it? Absolutely. I feel like this is probably the most important part. I don't want anybody thinking they can just come in here and be a unicorn and blow up overnight. Be realistic. Um, I feel like everybody coming into this Web3 space should humbly start at zero. Humbly start at zero. Like nobody knew me in Web3. Nobody knew me really on Twitter. I have taken everything I've learned in building in Web2 of showcasing my work, processes, building community, connecting with people, building relationships, promoting myself. I've just picked up, uprooted everything I've learned over the last decade and moved it over here. And... I started small, like I listed my stuff really reasonable, 0.5 Solana, 0.75. When some people come in here, think they have an audience or think they're entitled, they price themselves out. And I'm like, nobody knows you. You can't expect like, oh, my work is just great and people will love it and buy it right away. It's just not how it works 99% of the time. So I'm a big believer in somewhere around 50-50, like 50% of your focus should be into creating your best work. The other 50% is the promotion of yourself, um, the marketing, the building relationships, sharing and engaging with other people, joining, jumping on Twitter spaces to ask questions and then talk about your work during the time to talk about your work where they have like artist open mic stuff. So it's a balance. You know, one week it may be like 70% all in creation so I can auction it next week. And then the following week where all my assets and promotional materials and my tweets are all scheduled, then I'll go heavy like 70% promotional wise i'll jump on spaces talk be active in my twitter chats be active in my discord communities um but it's truly injecting yourself into the community understanding the culture and truly being excited about building during the space and pouring into other people that is how i continually gain traction is i just don't show up and expect people to buy my work i truly work for it and i build my craft and i really pour into everyone else in the space as I build my name and brand. But again, I came in there humbly starting from zero. I didn't expect any sales and I still yeah. don't. Yeah. You know, one of, one of the first NFTs I bought was uh, by this amazing 3d artist in, he was somewhere like Vietnam, you know, relatively uh, like he, he didn't need to earn that much to make a, a proper mm-hmm. living. And, and, uh, I really like what he did. I just thought it was cool. And, and I, I wanted a couple of them partly as an investment because it's like, you know, they were the first ones he did and I could see potential in what he's doing. And uh, I ended up buying a couple of them, I think like three or four, something like that. And because he was so grateful, he actually asked me, like he, he reached out to me directly and asked me like if, if I could have any character in this star, what would it be? And I, I, I told him, and he came back a week later, and and he said, "Check your wallet." And he literally sent me 
a free one created specifically for me and and that that's, was really nice incredible and i think that's the type of um it's 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 like customer services really so in in the real world like if you want to go above and beyond there are ways that you can do that in the nft space to tell an investor of your art that you really appreciate them yeah i'm and i'm seeing some really cool things utility wise like things you can do like hey anybody who bids on this artwork like first i would just recommend starting off with some listings just to get a feel understand the minting the listing process promoting yourself before you work your way up to um additions or auctioning your work but mm -hmm. some things you can do is like anybody who bids will get a participation nft you know like a variation of this work i was auctioning or whatever it is or like hey someone recently i've collected two pieces of his and he's airdropped me um a piece uh, uh, an addition and he made it so I can go and list that NFT. You know, I can profit off that secondary now for mm -hmm. the airdrop that he gave me. Things I've done before is like I've created um, I, this dual auctioning piece of a piece I revisited 10 years ago. And I made anybody who won the bid, they got a custom Twitter banner and they got a custom PFP profile picture that they could rock of it too. And it just kind of brands your entire Twitter profile. I know other people who are like, here's a token for being a certain level of holder. And you get access to things in my web two variation, like 25% off of my shop, um, access to events. You know, I get to access this guy's NFT NYC event, you know, because I've collected a piece of his work here. So I get to be invited to this private party because I own this <laughs> artist's NFT. Like it's pretty wild what's going on right mm -hmm. now. This is why I'm so excited about it. Cause I, I watched a talk that happened at a film festival last week where they had a, a team basically to come in to, to talk about what you can potentially do with NFTs. And if you can imagine crowdfunding, so, I mean, crowdfunding is relatively, a, a relatively new thing, but NFTs can be used as the next level of that. And something that they was talking about uh, potentially doing is that when you buy you, you can actually buy a part of the film. <laughs> yeah. So you own a part of that film. And that's the way that the company can actually um, build up the the money to actually make that film is by selling NFTs in some way, whether that's a ticket to go and see it or an actual piece of that film. There are so many lucrative ways of generating uh, cash to, to actually build stuff. So like I said, it's very early days, but I, I, I really do feel like it's so disruptive all of the conversations are like beyond anything simply because you can prove that you physically own that thing and it's uh, it's it's exciting and and as we spoke through this it's early days and it's rapidly changing and I, I think if if you are a graphic designer and you're not keeping on top of this and you're not interested in this because of some perceived idea that it's it's bad for the planet or whatever which you know i've seen those conversations but it's out-of-date information yeah please don't read headlines from mainstream media on rapidly advancing technology that disrupts the mainstream media agenda <laughs> and i'm not being a conspiracy theorist or anything but it's like hey this stuff they bash crypto on mainstream media because it affects the traditional system of like banking and everything we've ever known yeah it's it, it causes issues with governments with leaders everything like that because it's it's changing everything mm -hmm. and 
you know, when something new comes out that that disrupts everything, people don't like it. So there's going to be a whole load of paid campaigns to make you think that this stuff is bad. And some of it is like uh, one of the conversations that I had in the uh, previous episode around crypto is, you know, things like Bitcoin. It does consume a lot of energy because of the mass volumes of calculations that are involved in it. And and the the more energy you consume, the faster you can uh, create that calculation. So the more money as a miner that you can actually make. And that's one of the, the, the biggest issues of it. But there are other solutions out there. People have seen that's an issue. People in the space are having the conversations, highlighting where there's the issues and solving them. And if you don't keep up with what's happening, then you miss it all. You just think, oh, this is bad for the environment. It's like it was, but there are solutions that solve that. Look exactly. into it. Look into Solana. Look into Exchange Art. And with things like Bitcoin, yeah, it's getting a bad rap for the uh, environment. But right now it's over like 55 to almost 60% from renewable energy. And most of it being mined is from wasted energy. Like that energy would just go to waste and now it's going into Bitcoin. I think it's like Exxon Mobil from their like gas that's being released into the air they're then capturing that wasted energy and then mining bitcoin with that's it. awesome so i'm um, and then el salvador is mining bitcoin from volcanoes so people have to get educated and where this is going in the innovation and there is a lot of scams out there i, I won't lie there's a lot of scams regulation is needed in areas uh-huh. but it's it's <laughs> It's there's a lot of there's a lot of bad actors in anything that involves money anywhere, like in gold industry and in stock markets. Like every year, JP Morgan gets like a two billion dollar slap on the wrist fine for manipulating the gold and silver markets. It's gonna be bad actors everywhere you are. Yeah, exactly. And and I, I read a story yesterday that people are being given NFT. So uh, uh, an NFT is sent to them for free. And you would think, great, this is fantastic. And then that gets an offer. And you're like, ah, oh, I could sell that and I could make that money off that. But with those particular NFTs, if you was to then connect to that collection, mm-hmm. the smart contract is designed to wipe your entire wallet. Lots of scams. So if you, get, if, if you get sent anything that you didn't buy, hide it in your wallet. Don't sell it. Don't don't do anything with it. Just just hide it. There there is a lot of. Scams. I make a burner wallet and I send all those scammy things sent to me, like to a burner wallet. Oh, you so know? you don't even want it in your wallet? Nope. I will just that send it sense. to a different <laughs> extra wallet where I just keep all the scam stuff. And if I can burn them somewhere, I will. But otherwise, like I don't even touch them. Just send them all over here so I don't have them in my wallet. I don't think I would even want to touch them. In in. I, um... I was told that it was okay to move them. Right. Just to a separate thing. As long as you're not visiting the website or like signing any kind of transaction key, mm-hmm. you know, to access it, then yeah. But like send it to a burner wallet where there's like no, no holdings of anything. Um, I've been told that was okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is important to talk about because it is the, the, the reality of this is that in some way, and, and this is a conclusion that I come to, to, to myself, there are a lot of projects that are, unregulated gambling yeah and that that's that's fact that's what we're doing if you view it through the lens of your gambling <laughs> with money you're okay with losing that's that's fine yeah exactly so there there is a lot of unregulated gambling and because there can be money that can be made and because it's 
not regulated like a lot of other stuff is there are so many scams it is very much a wild west and i think if you are going into this area you just need to be aware of that don't let it scare you from it you just need to be aware that that's there so you know if you are uh creating communities through discord there will be bots that will join that will send messages and stuff like that and that's no different to email like I, I get loads of, um, you know, scam emails. Yeah. I think everyone's used to spam. It's it's just in the NFT space. The the systems and the processes haven't been built in the same way that they have with everything else. So it's it's there's a lot of bad stuff related to. This. And a lot of it is like common sense too. Like if this feels too good to be true, like oh Elon Musk messaged me and said if I send him one Bitcoin, <laughs> he'll send me two Bitcoin back. I don't know how people fall for that. It's like the old emails of Nigerian prince wanting you to like send him money and he'll send you back. You know, the old emails from the nineties and everything. There's just, yeah, there's a lot of scammers. Don't click bad links. If it's too good to be true. And like the focus of security within the space of crypto and NFTs is huge. Definitely. So we don't really have that long um, left. So I, I think probably as a, as like a, a closing question for this really is, what advice would you give to anyone that, that really wants to go into the space that you, you haven't already mentioned? If I was just to more recap things to make it actionable steps, it's like, sure. I feel like that would be the best is to determine what blockchain you want to start to learn first. Is it Ethereum? Is it Solana? Is it Tezos? Those are kind of the main three, um, maybe Matic, but I would recommend one of those first three. Then understand the community. Watch how people work. Determine who your favorite artists are. You know, if you want to go through it as like being an art creator of your work, study what people are doing, study the platforms they're using. What are the communities that they're in? Pay attention to the conversations. Go and be an observer first before going in there and just like start minting and thinking you're going to get a lot of sales. Mm -hmm. So be an observer, connect with community. Um, the people that you meet in there, it's all truly about relationships, people over profit. Those are the people that are going to be supporting you, sharing your work. And so go in by starting conversations, sharing other people's work, um, and then start picking out what your best work could be. Are you going to make an intentional series right away, you know, and cap it, you know, versus ongoing series. It has more limited scarcity to it if you have a capped series versus something ongoing where it never stops. And then start by listing your work in the beginning, getting a feel for how to price your work and build some demand for how to promote yourself before doing an auction. And yeah, from there, don't stress about the utility, make your art, the utility and make it. So someone wants to seize that you're active, sees that you're someone who's committed to the long-term building within the space and providing. So people can see you as like a penny stock they want to invest in because they see you having explosive stock material, you know, like people want to invest not only in dope work, but in people, they believe in long-term in a space. So I feel like those are like really good areas um, to start, but then really focus on uh, security, understanding how to protect your investments, whether it's a really high-end NFT, like a Bored Ape Yacht Cub or an OK Bears on Solana, as well as like how to secure your crypto as well in order to th move around in these ecosystems and make purchases. Mm -hmm. That's a really great summary. And something that I can't stress enough is what you said about community and becoming somebody that people see as 
an investor, an investable asset. Like they're, versus they're, a they're tourist. Not, yes, yes, they're 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 not just buying a piece of art. I, I think as a buyer of NFTs myself, you don't necessarily buy something that you like. You, you've it. It's not. I, I think a lot of people buy NFTs because they see it as an investment. I say 10 to 20% of my NFT sales are something that's more of a low price artist that I stumble across. I'm like, wow, I really, really like this. Yeah. But if I'm spending a lot more money, I'm like doing some research on this person. Yeah, exactly. Maybe 10 to 20% I'll buy it because I like it. Yeah. So when people buy a piece of your art, like you probably do, you are seeing potential in that person and you believe in that person and you can see that they could become a, a megastar at some point. Mm-hmm. And in a way, you've given them some money to say that you believe in them and you're supporting them. And, you know, if if they fail, it doesn't really matter because it's it's a small amount of money. But I believe that you are buying those because you hope that one of them will become a superstar and, and you could potentially sell that piece for a lot of money. <laughs> and I think you, as a seller, you need to see... Uh, so yeah as a seller you need to see your buyers as people that believe in you so keep a building on that collection keep them updated because they want to know that their investment has that long-term potential don't just create something and then forget about it exactly how can you continuously provide value to your holders and collectors and this is an area i feel like i'm in a season of really understanding how i can do this now that i've been in this the ecosystem for a couple months and buying and selling yeah so that's like my next phase is how do i really truly provide value to my previous collectors yeah yeah i i feel like we could just do so much more content on this but i think and in terms of like what the goal was pointing people in the right direction of creating nfts i i think we've we've achieved that here so um I think we're about the hour point, so it's probably a good place to wrap this up. But Scotty, thank you so much for your time. This has been fantastic. And I, I really hope that people that have been listening to this that don't know anything about this have, have been able to follow along. And I hope that it's given enough of uh, an inspiration to to make people realize this is a thing that you need to follow because it's rapidly changing. It's It's not something that you should ignore. And um, yeah, like I said, my, my hope that it's inspired people. So thank you so much, Scotty, for coming on a second time. It's been really great to, to chat with you. And I'm so glad to hear that everything is going well on your end. I really appreciate it. And just know if people have questions, I do coach students onboarding them into the Web3 space with their artwork. So this is something I am taking on more. I have a couple students that I've started slow with and now they're crushing it. So that's where I want to be is the go-to bridge and guide to onboard web two into web three so they can thrive in both lanes that's that's where i want to be so people have questions hit me up and if people have a lot of questions and asking you like i'm always down for a a, another episode on it a part Mm -hmm. two i guess to this yeah fantastic cool cheers then scotty i appreciate you brother thank you so much for having me back on this was great If you want to learn more about Scotty and check out some of his NFTs or to learn more about his coaching service, head to his website, coachscottyrussell.com. I'll link to that along with his social profiles in the show notes for this episode, which you can find by heading to logogeek.uk forward slash 138. 
And don't forget to check out the sponsor of this podcast, The Perfect Match, and start working on your mood board design for a chance to win $1,000. Just head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash play. And if you do enter, let me know before the end of June 2022. And what I'll do is I'll put your name into a hat for a chance to win one of three Adobe CC annual subscriptions. So thank you so much for listening and I'll be back the same time next week for another exciting episode of the Logo Geek Podcast.